Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. Parking at SFO is easy when you book online. You can choose dates and times in advance and secure the best rates to make your departure stress-free. Learn more at flysfo.com parking. Support for KQED Podcasts comes from Star One Credit Union, now offering real-time money movement with instant pay. Make transfers and payments instantly between financial institutions, online or through Star One's mobile app. Star One Credit Union, in your best interest. From KQED. Good morning. This is the California Report. I'm Adi Bolaños in San Francisco. California regulators are developing emergency rules to protect workers dying from inhaling silica dust in shops making kitchen countertops. KQED's labor correspondent Farida Chavala Romero reports. Leobardo Segura Mesa of L.A. County is 27 years old. He spoke via video to the Occupational Safety and Health Standards Board this week while connected to an oxygen machine. Me temo que no hay suficientes... I'm afraid there aren't enough lungs for countertop workers like me to get a lung transplant, he said. Doctors say the problem is the toxic silica dust kicked up from power-cutting artificial stone. Of the 77 known silicosis cases since 2019, at least 10 people have died. Kalosha is proposing rules that would require employers to provide workers with breathing devices that deliver clean air. For the California Report, I'm Farida Javala Romero. A controversial proposal that would require teachers to notify parents if their child identifies as transgender has been approved by the school board in Chino Valley in San Bernardino County. At a heated meeting last night, State Superintendent of Public Instruction Tony Thurman was ordered to leave the meeting. You are the very reason why we're in this. May may I have, as a point of order... As the board no order, this is not your meeting. You may have a seat because if I did that to you in Sacramento, you would not accept it. The board has been warned about the dangers of the policy by State Attorney General Rob Bonta. A young correctional officer. He said it was the most dangerous prison in California. Forced to make a choice. Fulfill his oath or back his fellow officers. Recognize the badge of my office. I'm Suki Lewis. From KQED Podcasts comes On Our Watch Season 2, New Folsom. A story about who gets hurt when the system that promises to keep us safe is bent on protecting itself. Find it wherever you listen to podcasts. Hi, I'm Tyler Foggett. Join me and my colleagues as we go beyond the headlines and deepen your understanding of the forces shaping our world today on The Political Scene, a newly updated podcast from The New Yorker. With episodes three times each week, The Political Scene accesses the sharpest minds in politics for insight and analysis about everything from abortion rights to the war in Ukraine. Make sure you're following The Political Scene, available now wherever you get your podcasts. The best surf spots in Santa Cruz are infamous for territorial locals and some occasional aggressive confrontations. But lately, not all the offenders have been human. KAZU's Aaron Malsbury has the latest on the five-year-old sea otter who has become famous for stealing surfboards and evading arrest. Patricio Guerrero and Paul Riera are standing at Lighthouse Field in Santa Cruz, looking out at the iconic surf spot Steamer Lane. 
The two friends describe a recent unusual encounter there. Encounters of the otter kind. <laughs> they were in the water with about 10 other people surfing small waves when an aggressive sea otter started grabbing onto their surfboards and biting into the foam. So I started spinning in circles and the otter was like following the tail and then it got bored of me and went to Paul and then it really did some work on, on Paul's board. It just took like a chunk of the, of the nose of the board I, I was riding and then it went to another guy. Known to officials as Otter 841, she has an affinity for gnawing on soft top surfboards and flippers. And biologists like Colleen Young at the California Department of Fish and Wildlife aren't sure why. The fact that we don't see this behavior very often in sea otters means we don't know a lot about it. Young is an environmental scientist and sea otter biologist. She says one possible explanation for 841's strange behavior is that a hormone change is making her feel territorial or possessive. Or she might have had a positive association from a past interaction, like someone feeding her. We haven't witnessed that, so we can't say for sure what's going on. Otter 841 has been on the radar for some time. She was raised in captivity by her mother, who herself was caught after repeatedly approaching kayakers. And this is not the first time 841 has gone after surfboards. She's gotten onto boards at least twice before, once in September and again last month. Biologists have tried scaring her away from boards. We'd splash, make lots of noise, um, basically try to discourage her from doing that. But that didn't work for long. Now, Young is part of a team of experts who are trying to capture the otter and relocate her. The scientists say they need to move her into captivity so she doesn't end up biting someone or getting hurt. But so far, 841 has evaded them. We're basically having to modify all of our usual capture techniques and try to just get creative because she Here's Young describing what she calls the clandestine underwater approach, where two scuba divers mount a trap on a scooter and sneak up on the otter from below. Visibility was poor and the kelp was really thick, and uh, basically I was able to get under her, uh, but I wasn't able to get around her enough, so it was extremely close. They even baited her with one of the foam boards she had destroyed. No success. We're basically bringing in everybody who has experience catching otters to try to help with this. In the meantime, officials put up signs at the entrances to the water. They caution people to keep their distance from 841 and other wild animals. And surfers, like Guerrero, jokingly ask that people also keep their distance from Steamer Lane. For whoever is hearing this, don't go to Steamer Lane. I'm never going back, man. <laughs> For the California Report, I'm Aaron Malsbury in Santa Cruz. Wednesday's winning Powerball ticket was bought in downtown L.A.'s Garment District. L.A.ist Adolfo Guzman Lopez was there for the announcement. Lottery officials held two replica checks in front of the Las Palmitas convenience store. The first check for $1 billion, $80 million for the Powerball winner. California Lottery Director Alva Johnson said before that person comes forward, they need to do one thing. If a person thinks they're the winner, they should immediately sign the back of the ticket, keep it safe, and then bring it to their nearest lottery district office. To validate it, he said, the second check for $1 million goes to the store for selling the winning ticket. Angelica Menjivar co-owns Las Palmitas with her mother, both Salvadoran immigrants. She says the money's going to the third generation's college fund. Maybe saving the money for my girls, maybe so they can go to school, you know. This Powerball is the second big payoff in L.A. County in the past year. In November, a store in Altadena sold a ticket worth more than $2 billion. That was L.A.ist reporter Adolfo Guzman Lopez. 
And that's the California Report for Friday, July 21st. We're a production of KQED Public Radio. Our engineers are Danny Bringer, Brendan Willard, and Seal Muller. Our producers are Keith Mizuguchi and Izzy Bloom. Our senior editor is Angela Corral. Our vice president of news is Ethan Tovin Lindsay, and our chief content officer is Holly Kernan. I'm your host, Madi Bolaños. Thanks for listening, and have a great day. Support for the California Report comes from the James Irvine Foundation, committed to a California where all low-income workers have the power to advance economically. Learn more at irvine.org. The Wesley Foundation, investing in California's underserved children and youth. And Eric and Wendy Schmidt through the Schmidt Family Foundation, working together to create a just world where all people have access to renewable energy, clean air and water, and healthy food on the web at theschmidt.org. Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. Parking at SFO is easy when you book online. You can choose dates and times in advance and secure the best rates to make your departure stress-free. Learn more at flysfo.com slash parking. Support for KQED Podcasts comes from Star One Credit Union, now offering real-time money movement with instant pay. Make transfers and payments instantly between financial institutions. Online or through Star One's mobile app, Star One Credit Union, in your best interest. Hey, I'm Brian Stelter, and I hope you'll join me on Inside the Hive from Vanity Fair. Every Thursday, I'm getting the inside take from the best reporters in the country, on what figures like Elon Musk, Donald Trump, Kevin McCarthy, and Marjorie Taylor Greene are doing. I think she wants to make things happen. She wants to get legislation passed. She made clear to me that she wants to have a president who upholds Christian values. She embraces the term Christian nationalist. That's Inside the Hive from Vanity Fair. Available wherever you get your podcasts.